T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Mr. Grinch, you really are a hero. Okay, so Mark, this you're is from a movie called The Grinch That Stole Christmas. It's about this green guy who lives up in a mountain and steals all the presents from the people who live in the town. Ringing any bells? I got it. I have a sweatshirt of The Grinch. But you've never seen it. No, I've never seen it. Of course not. But I've heard of it. <laughs> I mean, I guess that means nothing because I've heard of Seinfeld. I've heard of something. I've, I've never seen The Grinch, no. You know what um, I just watched recently? What's that? Um, and I know I said I liked Home Improvement. The the, the original Santa Claus. And it was, oh, with Tim Allen where he yeah, keeps throwing the, the beard? Original, yeah. And I just thought it was okay. Maybe because it was so long ago. I thought it was okay. Was I it, vaguely remember that movie when it came out. It, it, it certainly wasn't Elf. What happens that makes him Santa Claus? Uh, he kills Santa Claus. He Santa kills Claus him? Falls off the, he falls off the house. Got it. And then he becomes Santa Claus because he found the card or whatever. Okay. But I, it was not as good as Fred Claus. That's the only way to get out of being Santa. Someone's got to kill you, huh? I guess. That's tough. That's tough. It's like being in hell, basically. It, it was okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I remember the Santa Claus. Um, what's your favorite Christmas uh, special or movie? The Santa Claus? Die Hard. No. Um, Die Hard counts? Yeah, I know. No, that's not, I've never seen it. Um, You've never seen Die Hard? No. <laughs> um, Christmas special or movie? Yeah. It's, it's probably Elf. Elf, okay. Yeah, thank you. That's what go. I was going to say. And I, Elf's a great I movie. felt like it was a generic, basic answer, but that. Like, that's I wish mine. I could get more creative on that, but that movie's so. I mean, when it's he's, so good. When he's in the mailroom drunk dancing, how do you not get up for that? That's oh, unbelievable. It's awesome. scene. Elf yeah. is like the Mariah Carey of uh, modern that's correct. Christmas movies. If there's a yeah. movie that you can quote word for word, it has to be at the top. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that was like Will Ferrell at the height of his powers. Correct. You know, that was a, that was a good time for him. That was, yeah, it was a good movie. I like Elf a lot. And people love Elf. Like, Elf has really uh, sustained its hilarious. popularity over the hilarious. years. You know, he's turned down, like, millions yes. for a sequel. Like, and he's done it multiple times. Well, it'd be kind of sad if I we tried to it. do it now. He's, like, old. <laughs> like an I old know. Elf. I feel like a sequel wouldn't work. No, I respect it. He could play James Conn and then someone else is the Elf, but then that sucks if someone else is the Elf. Right? You don't want someone else to be Buddy the Elf or, like, Buddy's kids or something lame like that. Like not, That's no. probably what it'd be. Yeah, but then that implies that Buddy's having sex, and I don't want to picture that either. But he is. <laughs> I don't. I don't want it. No, but he is. He Buddy had the, the elf. He had the girlfriend. Yeah, he had the girlfriend at the end, right? Yeah, but they. Yeah, but then you got to. Didn't she? Didn't he bring her back to the North Pole? It's been a while since I've seen. And that. they had a kid. They had a kid. They had a kid together. They had the baby. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. No, the the movie. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Sorry, man. You're right. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So Buddy the elf. Beautiful. Was, was doing it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I guess then uh, it could be the story of the kid. I forgot there was a kid at the end. That's right. 
Um, so I guess it could work. Yeah, I don't know who plays the kid. I don't by know the way, the scene where Buddy goes into the bathroom and she's taking a shower and yeah. he starts singing with her is like the creepiest thing in the world. I know. Like really, that is not an okay thing to do, people. If you're why, like, if there's kids out there listening, watching Elf over Christmas, if you're in a bathroom and you notice that someone's in there and it happens to be a young lady and she's showering, just leave. Don't sit there and sing along. Just leave. Yeah, you got to go. You got to get out. He's from the freaking North Pole. He doesn't know the societal norms of, of Earth. He's from the North Pole. I feel like it's a bad influence on people who may watch that. I know, but like... even the kids, they should know that that's not what you do. The guy's from the North Pole. He doesn't know what right. the frig he's doing. So he goes into the bathroom. Goes in the bathroom, starts singing along because yeah. he just loves Christmas. He's so songs. innocent. doesn't matter. He's not creepy. Oh, and it's this song, too. This is the scene. The creepiest song of all time. Yeah. Yeah. The neighbors might think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love when he gets up with the with the Santa in the mall. That, I mean, he's smelling the Santa yeah. in the mall. That's a, you That's can't funny. beat that. By Santa's the way, kind of like beef and cheese. Yeah. Beef yeah. and cheese. Uh, remember a couple of years Son ago when it, bitch. they started pulling uh, Baby It's Cold Outside off the radio and all these people randomly got like mad about it? They're like, ah, you shouldn't censor that song. It's a great song. Here, these snowflakes taking my song Wait, off the it, radio. Because it, it, like, it was offensive? Oh, yeah, because it, it, Baby again? It's Cold Outside is like the guy is trying it's to coerce the girl to yeah, stay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's creepy and yeah. it's whatever. Yeah. And fine, but like... <laughs> you know, the people who were upset about it, it was like, really? This song's really such so important in your life that you're going <laughs> to make a big deal about it? Like, yeah. radio stations pull songs all the time for all sorts of different reasons. What the hell do you care so much about Baby It's Cold Outside for? I thought that was very weird. I thought that was a very weird time in American society when people got very upset about Baby It's Cold Outside. But either way, uh, there's uh, still some things to get through here that have nothing to do with Christmas. But I will say this. The Patriots are ruining Christmas for me. Yeah, the Patriots are going to ruin Christmas. They're going to ruin. They're ruining the holidays. What, what, but what's ruined? I mean, didn't you think they were going to lose these games? I sort of did, yes. But that Vegas game, like I thought they'd be eight and six going into these last three games, and that all three of these games would matter because that's true. If they were eight and six right now and they lost the next two, but won that last one, then they're still alive. You know, they're still in it, and those games all still matter right now. I kind of feel like these games don't really matter. If they win all three, then yeah, okay. And you said it's the playoffs and fine. But they could have dropped one and still had the next game matter if they had beaten Vegas. And I feel like that really was just a death blow to the season. It was huge. Yeah. And well, what's the path that they could go down to beat Cincinnati this weekend? What could they do? How do you uh, see that unfold? If it does unfold, how does it unfold? It unfolds. They're going to have to when they wave won every single other game is by a special teams touchdown or a pick six or a scoop and score or Ramondre Stevenson going for like 250 all-purpose yards. Something like that. That's it. That's the only way I could see them even really making a dent in the score against the Bengals, let alone winning the game. Like you're talking about a, a team that's had to do this all year. That's how they've won almost all these games, all the games that they've won. They've won not because Mac Jones was slinging the ball around, but because the defense stepped up or the kick return for a touchdown or something like that and that's just I mean it's unsustainable and I feel like when you go up against three great offenses like the Bengals Dolphins and Bills that's not even close to enough to compete with those teams let alone beat them is there any chance this intervention changes the game at all for the Patriots this intervention Mike Giardi brought up where they had took a deep look into things that were going on and now they're going to be a changed team a changed group come this weekend could that signify the beginning of this epic run they're about to go on yeah, uh, maybe. You got that Giardi cut there, uh, Turpin, if you do, just so uh, people who are maybe tuning in right now understand what you're talking about. Giardi was on Fitzy and Hart earlier today, 
and dropped a whopper on that show. I mean, really, uh, a, a pretty big thing to be saying. Uh, let's let's listen. Hasn't been status quo in, in Foxborough. The first forty-eight hours after that Vegas game, um, there were a lot of conversations about everything um, from play calling, play design, personnel. Um, I think if you look at the situation, I don't. They haven't shown that they're married to Mac. Time out. Time out. Time out. Hasn't been status quo in Foxborough. First 48 hours, conversations about play calling, play design, personnel, and they haven't shown that they're married to Mac. That tells me that they also looked at that Vegas game as sort of a turning point here. As, okay, this has happened. <laughs> the season's probably over. What are we going to do? Yeah. What's How do we pick up the pieces here? And the play calling, obviously, has not been good. The play design's not been great. The personnel, I think, is fine, but not good enough. And they're not married to Mac. Can you play the end of that cut, uh, Turpin, where he says uh, if Mac is as bad as he was? Listen to this. How many times do we hear Cam Newton was the quarterback? Right. Cam Newton was god-awful on a number of occasions, and he was asked the question repeatedly. And he's like, how many times are you going to do this? He's the quarterback. Like, he, he put it to bed over and over again because we kept asking because we couldn't believe that Jared Stidham couldn't at least get a chance to play. And then Bill turns around Mac. And, you know, maybe it's coincidence about the explosion on the sidelines and then that was directed at Bill. And then when he came over to the sidelines, sort of being unable to calm down as they're all trying to talk to him. And by the way, again, three voices, Judge, Patricia, Belichick, let's screw the kid up even more. (laughs) Who am I listening to? Right. Um, So I I don't know. I mean, like if look, if they're if Max is bad as he was and. Uh, in Vegas, and again, I think I sort of detailed there were some receiver issues again, as mm-hmm. usual, spacing issues. But uh, if that's that again, and you're still in a close game, uh, they got to win the game. So I, I, I would suspect that Zappy is, you know, if that if that's the case, we got to win the game, and he's not getting it done. Then go to Zappy, see what happens. Again, I would ask, why are we having these conversations now? Because correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. okay? I know they lost in an, an epically horrific way, and it was a disaster. Yes. But had they not lost, or at least not lost in that way, had they not lost, right, you would have almost looked at that game as, hey, they were down most of the way. Yep. Then at the end, they now I know there was the call. They came back. But not only did they come back, the passing game sort of came to life at the end. And they were actually, that last drive, I remember right, was pretty good. They moved the ball. They completed some passes through the air. They scored the touchdown. They get the two-point conversion. If they had found a way to not give up the touchdown and not have the game get tied, you would have been actually pretty positive about that game. Now, just because... The touchdown lo- drive, that quick touchdown drive they had? I'm talking about the Raiders touchdown Oh, the Raiders drive. touchdown drive. I was like going to say, the, like the, the page was three plays. But yeah, okay, the Raiders touchdown drive. You're right. If, yeah. if they didn't give that up and they say mm-hmm. they won 24-17... It would have been the best game you've ever seen, but you actually coming off of the what you did in Arizona, yep. you two straight road wins, whatever you had to have it, then you win after trailing most of the way, you'd be pretty positive. Now, all of a sudden, you lose on a fluky, disastrous, like, you know, brain fart of a play, and now we're having this big intervention after all the struggles offensively all year. Makes no sense to me why you do it now. Not that they don't need it. But you had a million opportunities where this should have happened way before last week or this week. So I don't know why they're doing it now. Yeah, the uh, the Mac thing, maybe I get sort of the point and all, uh, the, why it's at this point that they're doing it. But for the rest of it, you're absolutely right. The play calling, the play design, these have been problems for a while. Right. I mean, these have been problems all year. These have been problems since the since camp. 
And, uh, you know, to finally now decide, all right, we're going to start having this conversation. Yeah, you heard Mike Lombardi the other day saying it was a real mistake for Bill uh, to hire Patricia and Judge. And he's been defending them all year and saying it's naive to blame the coaches. And now he's completely flipped. And I don't think that he has a lot of original thoughts. I think that when Mike Lombardi says something, he's saying it because he heard it from Bill or he heard it from, you know, Foxborough. And that's who he's tapped into. And that's who he wants to be a mouthpiece for, which fine. A lot of people do that. But that's what I hear when I hear Mike Lombardi. And for him to now be flipping on the coaches, you know, I wonder if if Bill sort of looks at this and thinks, man, you know, my legacy may be on the line here. This is going horribly. And I know I told everybody, blame me if it goes wrong, but I can still blame these guys and still sort of put it on them and look at it like, well, we would have been this record instead if we had had somebody else, if he had done a better job or if he was more prepared for the job, which, again, is something Bill should have known about um, and, and should have considered before he uh, tried to force feed this. And uh, as Charles Robinson said, slam a square peg into a round hole. It's just, you know, it's that's that's exactly what's been going on here. Can I just tell you what I've never understood? And you, you mentioned this earlier. I think you said something like, uh, proving he can win without Brady or something like that. Yeah. That might have been a part of his motivation. I've never understood that, and I've never understood what he's been trying to do. He let Tom Brady walk away. He was clearly okay with Brady leaving, yep. however you want to phrase it. Okay, But then after that happened, a lot of people thought that part of the motivation was he did want to prove that he could win without Brady. Yep. Since that time, though, he's done nothing. To back up that sentiment, you know, because if he did, he would have been doing everything and anything possible to win without Brady. Instead, what happened? He had no plan post-Brady at quarterback. Nope. He, he brought in fr- friends, family, sons, nephews to run plays and, I mean, uh, be coaches. He on had staff. no plan post-Brady and he had no plan post-McDaniels. Right. He didn't replace either one of those guys. No, and he's really anything. He brings in guys that have no experience coaching that position. He brings in guys seemingly on the cheap, people he's comfortable with, not necessarily the best people for the job. That does not... If you look at what Tom Brady did, he did everything possible to win. He went out, he recruited Antonio Brown, who's nuts. He went out and, and begged Gronk or whatever to come back. He went out and was he was trying to get together with his teammates in the offseason. He was ferociously trying to win yeah. and prove that he, did, I guess, didn't need Belichick. Bill Belichick did none of that. He let Brady go, let him why he was okay with it, and then did none of that in terms of doing whatever he could to prove he didn't need Tom Brady. So if it was a, an ego thing or a legacy thing to be without Brady... I didn't see it, and I'll never understand it. I don't know. If you were so keen on being familiar with everyone, yeah. why did you not keep the one guy who could have added the value that you need and you were familiar with? That was the one guy to keep. Yeah. And he was okay with letting him go, but no, we're going to keep everybody else, all the friends of my sons or whatever. And remember why Brady was upset. Remember by Brady in 2018, 2019 was the most miserable 8-0 quarterback of all miserable. time. Because that team was doing a lot of what this team's doing. Winning with defense. Winning, you know, yes. Brady would win some games, and he obviously yeah. was better than what they have now and certainly what they had two years ago. But, yeah, I mean, what's a better – what's a more clear way of saying, I don't need Tom Brady, I don't need anybody, than to let him walk, let the draft go by, let free agency go by, and then in July throw a million dollars at Cam Newton and say, Cam, you're our quarterback. Makes no sense. I mean, what – what more clear message is he saying other than I don't need Tom Brady, I don't need anybody. I don't need any I don't need a guy who can throw. I, I, anybody can run this thing. It's I my guess. system and it's all about me. Well, that was a uh, a misstep. It's okay. And, I, and, by, and by the way, Tom Brady this year 5 and 4, that was going to the podium. That was effing awesome. <laughs> 5 and 4. Yeah. Like or whatever they were 4 and 5. I don't even remember. But not 8 no. Yeah, they were 4 and 5. They were still four, under four 500. Five. Yeah. 
And he was that was effing awesome. It's pumped up. Unbelievable. Uh, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Before we go to break, we have a little bit of breaking news. Uh, don't need the sounder for this. Joe Cardona has officially been placed on injured reserve and, and, and Patriots are elevating kicker Tristan Viscaino and Scotty Washington from the practice squad. Uh, also, uh, long snapper Tucker Addington. Is that a real name? Tucker Addington? I guess so. Tucker Addington, if you Where'd will. Where'd they find him? I presume. Tucker Addy. It sounds like they found him in uh, in a so school for Butler. knights yeah. or something, or a school for butlers, yeah. <laughs> That's a good butler name, yeah. Tucker Addington. Anyway, he's going to be the long snapper, and uh, Vizcaino's going to be doing kickoff. Scotty Washington, tight end wide receiver, don't know much about him, but a couple of transactions there for you New England Patriots. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Quick break. Here is uh, the trend, and we're right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know Dasher for Dancer, Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall, what's that? The most famous reindeer of all. Come on! Radio WEI, rest in power, Dark Man X. That was a tough one. That was a tough loss, that was, DMX. That's the that real goat right one. there. Yeah. Now you're speaking my language here. I love DMX. I love DMX. Love DMX. Can't believe it. I know. You ever see him live? You ever see DMX in concert? I never saw concert? him live. I, I know KG. One of the best concerts I've ever seen. Oh, KG. He had quotes about him live. He loved him live. Really? Yeah. You guys ever Great seen show. the video when he's performing in like front of literally half the population of the earth? You ever seen that? You gotta look it up. I forget what what festival. Yeah, it was, was some at. festival in, like and overseas, right? There is millions yeah. of people lined up watching. It is insane. It's yeah. the funniest video I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that one up. Um, yeah, DMX. You know, DMX was around here uh, in the few years before. He's living in Rhode Island. He was and, living uh, in Rhode Island. Yeah, I think he was doing like treatment or something down there. But oh, yeah, he okay. was he was in town. Like people saw him all over like New Hampshire and Rhode Island. Like people kept popping up and seeing DMX. And uh, I guess he was real cool. He was you know took a lot of time with people. And uh, he was on like a couple TV shows, right? Wasn't he on like uh, like Modern Family or something? It wasn't Modern Family. He was on some sitcom. It wouldn't surprise me. He's a man of many talents. Yeah, he was. And uh, 
Also, a couple of questionable things in his past. But anyway, enough about DMX. I love that uh, version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, I wanted to uh, touch briefly on what you just heard there from Michael Irvin, who was on with uh, Gresh and Hart. <clears throat> this was yesterday. He said, I've been confused by the approach the Patriots are taking with Mac. As much as I love Bill, it's the one time I'd have to question the situation they put him in. This is similar to some things other people have said about how, you know, Bill rarely makes mistakes, but it's pretty much unanimous at this point that they consider this whole situation that Mac Jones is in and really everything that's going on with the team to be a Bill Belichick blunder. I mean, there's no, there's not, there's no one defending him anymore. Not even uh, Lombardi. Even Lombardi saying he made a mistake. Like, does Bill have anyone in his corner anymore other than his employees? No, I don't think. I Isn't mean, that weird? Like, the, Bill's the, always the got all these people, is, like, who, kissing his ass, and now I feel like they're all, they're all flipped. Yeah. It's, here's the question, though. Is Robert Kraft. Right. Now, obviously, he's in his corner, but is he has he been moved enough to make a real change or to do something that would be significant or something that we haven't seen? I'm not saying, obviously, fire him. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that... I, I just think he, he needs to make a big change. Yeah. And is he willing to make that big change? You know, I... I give credit to Michael Irvin for saying that because we know a lot of people. I love Bill Belichick. But these people that know him personally, I, I don't know how you can be taken seriously if you're not willing to criticize how that has gone this year in terms of his performance. Yeah, and it's not the typical sort. Like after after the Eagles Super Bowl. Yeah. It's a lot of Bill Belichick criticism, but it wasn't like this was the this is the straw that broke the camel's back. There's some people who thought that, and I know that because I was on the air for, until six in the morning after that uh, after that game. Yikes. And there was plenty, and I was right sitting right in this chair actually. Yeah, yeah. And there was plenty of fire bill calls that we took that bad chair. Uh, it was one of the yeah, chairs. Okay, I, probably that's when I broke it. But uh, okay. yeah, there was uh, there was some calls. There was fire bill calls because no. people were hammered and it was yeah, three in the yeah, morning. Yeah, but yeah. like you know, it wasn't it wasn't serious. You know, it wasn't like okay, this is the this is the feeling that people were really having around town. Now I feel like there's not. There's not really that safety net for him anymore. You, you think about his age and where the team is, and is there enough years left for him to keep coaching to fix this? And the answer sort of looks like no right now. This is a this is a multi year rebuild. You were a playoff team last year, and you're not going to be this year. I don't think, <laughs> barring the unforeseen or really the most un- improbable three game win streak of all time, you're not a playoff team this year. That's a massive step back. You've got so much work to do. And I just wonder, like, is Bill in it for four more years, you know, until the end of Max contract? We'd sort of touched on this. Who's going to be here longer? But it's more a question of what's the future going to be once Bill decides that's it? You know, do you have anything lined up? Do you know what you even what direction you want to go in? Do you know anything? Like, what, what what's the deal there? And I think that's something they have to start thinking about. Yeah, and I was always under the impression that Bill Belichick wanted to be a part of forming that future, yeah. which I was always in favor of. Mm. Uh, now I don't know. Looking at that coaching tree, I don't know if I am. Yeah. No, you would have to start over. I think that would be completely understandable. I don't know if he's going to want an organization, like a position within the organization. Uh, you know, what's the guy in Tampa, the coach? You want um, Bruce, Bruce Arians. Arians. Thank Arians, you. Sure. Bruce Arians, like if something like that, and you see him on the sideline every now and then, I don't know if that's the healthiest thing. Um, but, yeah, it, it's gotten that bad. And it's it, the difference is, like you said, the time. Multiple years yeah. where it hasn't been good. Multiple years without a plan. And I know they made the playoffs last year, but <laughs> it was so bad at the end, you almost discount it because of how they performed after the bye and because of how the playoff game went. You have to almost say, you know... Yeah, they waited the playoffs, but it wasn't really that spectacular. Yeah. So if you if you take that if you take that stance, it's like three straight years 
of really subpar performances. That's why you can arrive at some of those thoughts. Yeah, it certainly is. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the phone number. Jay is in Providence. Go ahead, Jay. Hey, so I think across the country, people don't realize how bad this seven and seven team is. Like, in other words, they're gonna finish the season where their best win was uh, Detroit at home. Like the best quarterback they beat this season. Jared Goff. Yep. Like, if you go through their wins, it's really, really bad. Really bad quarterbacks. And I don't think people realize across the country, like, they see 7-7, seven and seven, they're still in the hunt, and they still think, oh, you know, Bill's there, he can devise a game plan. No. They, no, this is bad. Yeah. Like, people don't realize how bad this is. Jay, you're right. And, you know, two of those wins were against Zach Wilson, and that team was 7-7 seven and seven up until last night. You know, like, they Sam Ellinger, uh, Trubisky in week three or whatever that was, week two. Like, there's, uh, you know, there's plenty of examples of bad quarterbacks who they've beaten. Everybody's had to play those teams, though. You know, like, yeah. everyone's played bad quarterback. Like, that's not – I don't think that that's something only the Patriots have had to do. Zach Wilson played quarterback against a bunch of different teams and, you know, beat some of them because the defense won the games. Patriots were able to flummox him more than other teams were, which, whatever. It doesn't seem like that's that hard to do. By the way, real quick, we talked about this at the beginning of the show. I just wanted to reiterate this. Everybody who's been laughing at the Jets, and I know it's good to get it out, you know, laugh at the Jets. Ha ha, look at you Jets scoring three points at home. You know, you suck. Zach Wilson sucks. Everybody sucks. You're right. They do, Patriots fans. But don't get too big for your britches here because as bad as Zach Wilson was in that game yesterday, Mac Jones wasn't much better, and he was playing a worse defense, and he was playing indoors, and his numbers were only slightly better than Zach Wilson's playing outdoors against uh, the Jaguars, who aren't a great defense, but they're better than the Raiders, and uh, you know those numbers are very, very close. The the thing I kept seeing was, oh, yeah, Zach Wilson, he sucks, he's terrible. Right now today, right now today, Zach Wilson's a lot closer to Mac Jones than I feel like a lot of Patriots fans who've been dancing all over his and the Jets' grave today want to admit. You know, that's, that's, I'm sorry, it's an inconvenient truth, but it is. Uh, those numbers, and he was playing in Vegas, who was a bottom of the barrel pass defense team indoors. Wilson was playing outside against a team that's better defensively, not great, but better defensively, and had a similarly bad game. Yeah. That interception wasn't even a real interception. It was like a Hail Mary at the end of the half. So I don't even count that pick, but like, that's that's the truth. Wilson got benched with those numbers. Mac Jones, we'll see what happens with him. And you're right about their on-field performance. But, and I know we'll see, we keep hearing about the, and talking about the demonstrative emotional outburst. But the, the big difference has been Mac Jones has had the accountability. Yeah. He's been the leader that you'd want your quarterback to be. Zach Wilson has shown really none of that. So that was the big difference between the two. We thought that the on-field play was a part of that, where Jones was a better on-field player. I don't know, you know. Look, some of these we I, I've been seeing uh, Justin Fields highlights or whatever, and it's like, look at him. He runs around. He throws this, but like, I don't really care. Like, it doesn't bother me that Mac Jones can't do any of that. I thought though he was able to read defenses. I thought he was able to make the right call, right. check out of the right play, and check into the right. Because he's play. not the best athlete, the and best he doesn't athlete. have the biggest arm. But oh, his mind and his read, ability I, to read. Yeah, he's not nothing. You haven't seen any of that this you year. You haven't seen any of that this year. And I don't know if that's part Jones. If it's part they've gotten tape on him and he's been exposed. You know, he had a little honeymoon period, and now it's over. I, I don't know what it is. That's what they're trying to find out. That's what we all want to know. But it is disappointing to see the regression that he has faced. I believe it's more about the coaching. Because here's the thing. When Tom Brady put his house up for sale, mm-hmm. like that was a pretty big indicator. I didn't want to believe it at the time. But that was an indicator that, hey, 
hey, hello, he's out of here. Yeah. Okay? We keep hearing all these people, the experts, the people that break down the film, Dan Orlovsky, it's the coaching. You know, we keep hearing. Well, Dan Orlovsky will never blame a player ever. Well, <laughs> especially a, especially not a quarterback. So I then, love Dan, but I had noticed that about him. He'll defend the quarterback every single so time. So he'll defend the quarterback. Yeah. All the ex-Belichick players are going to defend Belichick. Who can I get a real opinion out of? You know, I'm just saying, yeah. you see some of that. Mac Jones is getting frustrated. The stats back it up. They're 18% in the red zone. They're 24% on th- 24% on third down since the bye week. Yeah. It's dis- dismal. It's horrific. So with all of those factors, it's like, all right, am I not seeing it where it's the all the evidence lining up where, hey, it is the coach, especially when you factor in last year, it wasn't as bad with Jones. All right. Gambling is legal at Bushwood. And uh, also here in the great state of Massachusetts, uh, Bengals and Patriots have a bunch of prop bets. It's not legal yet. It's going to be on the 31st of next month, but whatever. Uh, let's do a, a couple of these prop bets. What do you say? Uh, Turp and Joe, what do you guys got for us? Okay, and this was when we were talking before the show. First drive result for the Patriots, a punt minus 155, a touchdown mm-hmm. plus 380, a field goal attempt at the highest odds plus 425. Is it an attempt or a completed field a goal? A field goal attempt. An attempt. Yeah, just an attempt. And a turnover, that's a good one. Turnover, turnover on downs or safety is plus 550. Is plus 550. Okay, plus 550. A punt is minus 155. Correct. I mean, that's obviously the big one. I can't believe field goal. That's worth the sprinkle. Plus 425. That might be worth more than the sprinkle. That's right. Like for the for this team, they never get in the end zone. So, you know, it's either going to be a punt or a field goal. And the field goal is plus 425. I'm doing it. I'm taking it. The intervention works. To the point where they can attempt a field goal. You're uh you down in Rhode Island? You know, I don't know if they have the sports bet. Uh, the I, I've never really seen the props on the Rhode Island sports. Oh, bet. they got them. They got them. Oh, oh, they got them. What have I yep. been doing? Sportsbrook, Rhode Island, uh, right in Tiverton. So you know what the problem is? Well, yeah, but do they have them on the app? Oh, I don't know what the I on can't the use the app. I, I gotta go because you have so, to be so on Rhode Island soil. It burned me last week. Okay, because I put a huge bet, a huge bet, that you know whatever that means <laughs> on the under of the game in Buffalo because I thought it was going to be a weather game. But I had to put it in the morning because I was in Rhode Island in the damn morning. By the end of the day, it wasn't much of a weather game. Ah. So, yeah, I lost I that took one. that, too. I Because I, I, I wanted a, a, a Saturday parlay. Yeah. And so I had uh, Browns Moneyline Vikings on the two and a half, and then I had the under because I had to get it in by 1 o'clock when they were saying it's going to be all this wild right. snow, and Mike it just didn't happen. Mike his snow pants. I, I mean, like, what the <laughs> hell happened? <laughs> Uh, first drive, field goal, plus 425. I got to tell you, it. I love it. that. Love it. Oh, I love it. I want to make love to it. Plus 425 is great for a field goal attempt. I can't believe there's worse odds for that than for, for a touchdown. Uh, interesting. All right, what's next? How about Mac Jones total passing yards over under 220 and a half? Over. Mac in the intervention. Intervention. He's going to have to throw. They're going to be down. Over. (laughs) They're going to be down. And the the thing is, we're sort of associating them being down with Mac throwing and like completing a lot of passes. Like whether they're down or they're up or whatever they are, I'm not sure that he can do it. Especially against that Bengals. It's a good Bengals defense there. I think I go. I think I go under that. I think I go under. I I have no faith in him right now. So if you're worried about the passing yards, what about Ramondre Stevenson over under sixty two and a half rushing rushing yards? I'd imagine that's so low because they think that they're going to have to throw a lot. What's his receiving yards over under? Andres, hang on one sec. I'll find it for you. Can I just say this while Justin looks for that? So in that game, Mm -hmm. right, I bet the under. And I was thinking about this in association with the Patriots. So I'm rooting for no points, obviously. But that's (laughs) beside the point. Defense. They come out, right? (laughs) Buffalo comes out. And I'm like, what type of game is it going to be? And immediately, now I understand this is the Bills and Josh Allen, but immediately – 
they revved up the offense, yeah. and they are throwing it down the field. It's like first down, going for another first down, 15, 18, 21 yards, down the field, down the field, moving the ball, attempting passes, throwing it, and it was nothing like you ever see the Patriots do. I mean, you could see the culture of that game immediately from the jump, and the Patriots, at least this year, have never, ever approximated that. Now, I understand that Buffalo has better weapons and a better quarterback, but for the sake of the of, of Mac Jones, the offense, the fan base, mm-hmm. why don't you try that one time and throw three passes in a row on the first series you get the ball past the first down marker, past the down the field, 15 yards, chunks, chunks, chunks. Try that one time. They only like, throw three passes in a row from the one-yard line. I mean, <laughs> just, the only time they did it. It was just so, like, it was eye-opening, especially because I was looking at it under a uh, specific prism there. But just to see them such a turbo mentality to start the game, the Patriots have not done that at all. It's establish the run, take the air out of the ball, slow the game down. And go that way. Now I understand they're limited, but give it a shot. Like you said, nothing else is working. Yeah. Keep nothing. going. Sorry, Justin. It's, it's 28 and a half receiving yards for Ramondre, which if he just busts one screen, you, you got it. I'm not yeah. doing that. I'm not doing that. I don't like that. I'd not doing it. For receiving yards? Nope. And 60 for uh, rushing 63 yards? And 63 and a half for rushing. I'll take rushing. I'll take rushing. I'm not doing receiving. Well, even with all these screen passes? I'm not doing it. Just all he has to do is get one. Get nope. into the open field once. One. Yeah, I'll take the over on receiving and the under on rushing because there's been a bunch of games where Stevenson's not rushed for anything, and it's because they couldn't because they had to throw. So I would say uh, I would say that I would take him for yeah. I think it'll throw some screens to him. They might even catch him, you know, out uh, split him out wide. Um, he's one of the few weapons on this team that can actually produce. So I could see that happening. All right, you're out on that one. What else we got? Sticking with the Ramondre Stevenson receiving and rushing forty uh, four and a half catches over under for Ramondre Stevenson under. Four and a half don't see him. I, I don't think they're going to throw the look. The intervention, baby. Like they're not going to come out and just start chucking it all over the yard to the damn running back. I need bigger plays. Well, no, it won't be all over the yard. It'll be in the backfield. Right, the right, fair back. enough. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to live that life anymore. I want to just. I want to throw it down the field under. Okay. Um. I'll go. I'll go over. I think they'll lean on him. I think they'll lean on him to uh, get the offense going. Oh, God. I'm not saying I and want I this. Ramondre. I'm not saying I want I this to happen. Yeah. I'm telling you no, what I, I think's going to happen. <laughs> Unfortunately, guys, um, yeah. Clinton Portis reincarnated. He gets so the most receptions he's ever had in a game was nine against Minnesota. It's he had eight against Chicago, seven against the Jets, six against the Jets. Yeah, and I, mean, I actually it's I, usually I, like two. With though. that being said, I could see this game kind of going like the Minnesota game went, where the other team is scoring points and you have to kind of keep up. Yeah. How about Jamar Chase, uh, five-and-a-half receptions? Five-and-a-half receptions for Chase. I'd go over that. I'd go over that for him. Although, see, that's one of those uh, catch-22s because Bill, that's usually the type of guy Bill would try and take uh, away. Ah, yes. You put a whole away. bunch of attention on him than those other two guys. How, how did he do doing that with uh, Jefferson in Minnesota? They tried. Yeah. They doubled him the whole game. Did it work? killed him. No. Yeah, no. I would say over. Give me an anytime touchdown score, and I'll tell you the odds. Uh, anytime touchdown. How anytime. about um all right, how about Joe Mixon? Joe Mixon, minus one oh five. Not a bad bet. He minus scores. 105. He scores a ton. All right. Higgins. Um, Higgins is plus one ninety. Good odds Ooh, there. I like that one. Good plus odds. 190 yeah, is pretty good. How about Jacoby Myers? Jacoby Myers is plus two thirty five, another good one, but okay. he kind of is allergic to the red uh, end zone. Or was. Um, he was. He was. He was. He's getting over that. Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is at plus 360. 360. See, I like that one. 
Because Henry, like Henry has been a guy. But he doesn't score touchdowns. No, year. but not this year, but he has. That was one of the few things that really, really worked in the offense last year. Yes. Was the Henry-Jones connection in the red zone. That was one of the things that worked, not every time, but like you had a reasonable expectation if they were in the red zone. Yeah. Mac was going to find Henry and they'd get a tie. He had eight touchdowns last year, I think. Like that's, you know, that's substantial. He had, Mac doesn't have eight touchdowns total this year. No. You no, know, so yeah. Four that's, touchdowns and seven interceptions the week after Thanksgiving. God, uh, that'd be a nice thing to see uh, corrected. All right, let's uh, take a call here before the break. Steve is in Fall River. Go ahead, Steve. All right, we had the worst offseason of the division. By everybody's account, the Jets had the best offseason. Yeah. Who was responsible for that? Uh, the Jets, who was responsible for the Jets, for their GM, who, who had a great draft? Our off, no, our offseason. Oh, our offseason. Bill Belichick's, of course, obviously, Steve. Okay, we spent the most money, according to the NFL, in, in salary cap on our receiving call, but you told me it's not that good. Who's responsible for that? That's Bill Belichick, of course. Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are working in positions that you mean. Steve, are we done with 20 world. questions? Can you just get to the point, please? Why are we fire the guy? Okay. He's Thank causing you. the problem. <laughs> no, that's it. There's right. nothing else to say. It's self-evident that that's what has to be done. You're afraid to come to that conclusion. Get over it. It's the problem. He's a problem. He's a 500 coach. He did it in Cleveland. He's doing it here. Figure it out. Thanks right. for the well, call. Thanks Steve. for the call. But again, and sorry I yelled at you. I like Steve. No, no, no. I, no, I, I didn't. I couldn't sit there for three more yell questions. At Steve, you three can or yell four at more. And what is Steve. this doing? Who said that? I, mean, like, I know Steve. It is. I look. That might be what's best. I don't know. I'm just saying we know it's not that simple. Right. The question is, what is Robert Kraft going to say slash do to make this better? Or what's Bill Belichick? Somebody has to do something significant to make this better. Now, obviously, firing the coach would be significant. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen either. I think that uh, firing Bill Belichick is... Uh is something that may be on the table at the end of this year, depending on how the last three games go, if they go so badly that there's just nothing else you could possibly do. I don't I don't think it's happening. I think there's he's no gonna, way they fire him. He's, he's going to catch Shula here, and I think that's what they're sort of holding on the, to. I, I, I don't know about that. It's a sad thing to hold on that, to, considering the state se- of the team. three more seasons. At, at least. least. Yeah, at least three more. Um, I think the biggest, the biggest move you might see made is a conversation about we need to get in – a real offensive coordinator mm-hmm. or whatever. It's something. And like, when Bill says, no, bleep you, uh, I'm going to bring in whoever I want. Is Kraft going to have the gumption to say, well, okay, then we're going to go a different direction. I, I don't know. If I, I don't, I don't see Bill. I mean, I, I don't see him putting Kraft in that position. I think if he really felt like he didn't like the situation anymore, he'd walk away. Yeah. On his terms. Maybe. If this was any other coach, he'd probably be fired for this, you know, but it's Bill Belichick. It's Bill Belichick. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the phone number. If you want to chime in, you got to do it quick. Cause last call is next. It's all cold down along the beach. The wind's whipping down the boardwalk. <laughs> hey, man! You guys know what time it is? Sports Radio WEI, it's Christian Arcan, Mark Dondero. Just a couple of minutes left here before we're uh, done for the weekend. You back in this weekend? I'm doing the show in Providence tomorrow. Okay. And that's it. Very good. Yeah. 
Um, this is it for me until uh, until Monday at least. So uh, let's take a couple calls here before we sign off. Let's start with uh, Dylan and Randolph. He's been waiting patiently on the coaching staff. Go ahead, Dylan. What's up, boys? Hey, uh, what's up? So my question is for y'all. I mean, I I feel like it's offensive scheme, right? The scheme is trash. Like we keep the screen pass. I was in Vegas. It was miserable watching it. Yeah. Yeah, I was out of control. I felt like I was playing Madden. It was dumb. Um, what what it, what would you guys think about? And I keep hearing that we don't have very good weapons, but Kendrick Bourne's a nice piece. Johnny Smith's a nice piece. We've never even thrown it to Thornton. We were supposed to stretch our field with him. What if a Cliff Kingsbury comes available? Could you see yes. him, someone like that, coming in, taking over the offense, and you know, breathing some life into this thing? Yeah, and I think that's a realistic possibility, too, because he's a Belichick guy. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I could, I'm going to say I could see it. I'm also not going to know, or I'm also not going to say that Jonu Smith is a nice piece. He, well, he was a good player in Tennessee, yeah, he was like, good, but based he's not on what done he, anything since nothing, he got here. Nothing. I mean, would the cards fire Kingsbury, though, with the contract they gave him and Kyler Murray? Well, That's a, a report, good question. Yeah. There was a report that came out today that said that, uh, based on the ESPN report, Cliff Kingsbury, they could keep him, they could extend him, or they could fire him. So that was a good report. That's telling. Helpful. Yeah, very yeah. telling. So that's, we'll that's very useful information yeah. right there. They could also set him on fire. I mean, journalism. There's a lot of other things they could do. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'd, I'd be all right with Kingsbury coming in. I that's would a, too. That's a name that I'd be okay with for sure. Uh, Kyle's in Foxborough. Go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead, Kyle. Hey, boys. This is my first time calling. Uh, I just want to talk about Marcus Jones, how awesome he's been in the back half of this season, um, mostly on offense and defense. You know, last week he shut down Devontae Adams ridiculously for how tall he is, 5'9". He's coming in making an impact. Yeah, he was good. He got smoked a couple times at the end of the game, though, and uh, he was the one who got burned on that touchdown that was scored by whatever. I don't even remember that guy's name uh, on the Raiders who had that controversial touchdown. Keelan that Cole. was Keelan Cole, right? Former that was Jaguar. over Jones. Oh yeah, you're right. He was a former Jaguar. You know, it's funny. At the beginning of the year, it was a lot of Jack Jones. Yeah, he had the pick six in Green Bay. I thought that was the guy. So it's nice to see Marcus Jones. I look. You can't complain about the production for the most part they've had out of the the secondary. Is it the best in the league? Best they've ever had? No. But some of these guys have popped a little bit, these young kids, these rookies, and I like that. Marcus Jones is my favorite player on the team. He's my favorite player on the team right now. Would you call him the season's MVP? I don't know. Not Judon. Judon. Yeah, it'd have to be Judon. It'd have to be Judon. But he's been, Jones, like, I'm sort of out of the jersey buying time of my life, but if I was still, I'd probably buy a Marcus Jones jersey. Like, he's fun, you know? He's He's a fun little player. He can score touchdowns. He can uh, play good defense. You know what my favorite Marcus Jones play all year was? It wasn't his return. It wasn't uh, any of the touchdowns he scored. It was against Arizona. There was a pass that was thrown to Arizona's rookie tight end, the kid out of uh, uh, Colorado State. Yeah, McBride. Uh, McBride. They threw a pass to him, and here comes little Marcus Jones, who maybe comes up to, like, his hip. Yeah. Right? He comes flying into the screen, and he hits this big tight end so hard that the guy flew up off his feet. Yes. And uh, you remember that play? Yes, it was I one of the, the it was my favorite play of the whole season. Yeah. Because here comes this little tiny guy. He's like when Steve Atwater hit Christian Okoye. I don't know if that reference means anything to you, but like he just comes Seinfeld. flying in. It was not Seinfeld. He comes flying in, and the guy just launches up into yeah, the that was sky. A great play. Oh, it was great. And that's just the sort of player he is. He has fun sort of uh, big plays like that. Yeah. When he's not scoring these crazy Tyreek Hill touchdowns, you know? That's just, he's a great player, and yeah. he's a useful Belichick type of player, which has been even better. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mike's in the car. You have the last word, Mike. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I was wondering about you know Belichick's compensation. You know, is Kraft paying him like say I'll give you fifty million and you pay for all the staff? You know, because it doesn't make sense for him to be nickel and diming like other organizations and not and not naming Patricia offensive coordinator. 
and he's getting paid by the Lions. Same with Judge. He's probably getting paid by the, the Giants. Um, it just seems to me very strange that, you know, these guys aren't being named. And then, you know, is, is Belichick making a windfall by doing this? Yeah, we saw that Bill's making $20 million, right? Uh, I don't know if that's a budget that Kraft gave him and said you hire all your coaches and it's coming out of that $20 million or what the deal is. Uh, but I can tell you, yeah, Patricia's not getting paid here. No. Joe Judge, I don't think he's getting paid here, and I don't know what his kids are making. But like, I mean, know? I don't know if he's – is he motivated by money at this point? I have no idea. I, that would be a huge misstep. I know that's been a lot of the conversation. I think it was more just about – it probably factored in, but I think it was more just about the comfort of those guys and knowing those guys. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Do we have time for last call? All right, let's do it. Here's last call, which is brought to you by Cars for Kids, the easy way to donate your car. Donate today. Your car can be picked up tomorrow. Go to carsforkids.com or 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. This is uh, relatable around the holidays. Everyone's stressed out, including this sportscaster, his sports uh, anchor, I should say, from Iowa, who was called in double duty. Uh, instead of doing the normal sports like he usually does, they brought him out at 3 in the morning, stuck him out in the middle of a blizzard, and had him do storm coverage. Mark, how are you feeling out there? Uh, again, uh, the same way I felt about eight minutes ago when you asked me that same question. You know, I, I'm used to these evening shows that are only 30 minutes long, and generally on those shows, I'm inside. So uh, this is a really long show. Tune in for the next couple hours to watch me progressively get crankier and crankier. How so when I was a uh, sports anchor in Mississippi, mm -hmm. one time I had to do emergency coverage at a bridal showcase. A bridal showcase? Bridal showcase. I was the, the guy on scene there for the brides. Really? Yeah. We talked about the... Uh, they were showing off the brides? They were showing off the dresses. Oh. So I had to talk that. about the diversity of the bridal gowns and the dresses and what we were looking at. It was a... How was that? I, I wish I had that video. I was not on top of my game that day. I didn't no? know what was going on. That's all I think right. I fell down at one point. I mean, you know, you know for next time. Next time you got to cover a bridal show, you're going to know just what to do. Right. Mark, my favorite video of you is when you didn't know you were alive. Oh, the uh, Jimmy Kimmel. That yeah. one is awesome. Thank you. That one's yeah. awesome. That, you you know gotta that see was, that, Christian. It's that staged, awesome. I'm not, I'm not you know familiar. That, right? It was staged. You oh just, yeah, you just ruined it. You just ruined okay, it. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm so, not. I don't know what you're talking about. You were on Jimmy Kimmel. Well, he used one of my clips because we don't have time for this. Do we have time? Oh we no, but time. we'll have time on we'll Monday. Have time on Monday. We'll have time on Monday. Patriots Monday right yeah. here on Sports Radio WEI. Don Darrow, great working with you, buddy. Hey, great job you, back man. behind the glass. Thanks, uh, everybody, have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. And uh, sorry that the Patriots are going to ruin your holidays. I'll talk to you on Monday. Bye. To go gliding in the one horse lane. Giddy up, jingle horse. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.